Well, hello, Ger. Today I'm going to talk about the River Liffey. Now, the name Liffey comes from the Irish Ma Liffey, which was the name really of the area or the plain through which the river ran, but eventually it referred to the river itself, and so it became the River Liffey. The River Liffey runs right through the middle of Dublin. The earliest bridges across the Liffey were made of wood in the time of the Vikings, and that includes a Norman bridge which collapsed in the late 14th century. The first stone bridge was built in 1428 by the Dominicans. It must have been well built because it lasted for about 400 years until well into the 18th century. It was the only bridge for pedestrians, livestock and horse-drawn traffic for most of that time, until it was replaced at the beginning of the 19th century by another stone bridge, which was called Whitworth Bridge. However, in 1922, after the establishment of the Irish Free State, the name was changed to Dublin Bridge. Its name was changed again in 1938 to Father Matthew Bridge, after Theobald Matthew, a Catholic priest who was the founder of the temperance movement in Ireland. As Dublin grew in size in the 17th century, the city became an important business centre and four more bridges were built. They were Barrack Bridge, which is also known as the Bloody Bridge, because of the battle which took place there between those who were in favour of building the bridge and those who were against it, that is, the ferrymen who saw it as a threat to their livelihoods. The bridge was built, but four people had been killed in the battle and others were injured, which is why it's often referred to as the Bloody Bridge. In 1861, a new bridge was built on the site and was named Victoria Bridge after the visit of Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. However, in 1929, it was renamed Emancipation Bridge to celebrate the 100th anniversary of Catholic emancipation. Ten years later, it became the Rory O'More Bridge. Rory O'More was one of the leaders of the plot to capture Dublin in the rebellion of 1641. Another bridge, the Essex Bridge, was first built in 1676 with stones from the nearby ruins of the 12th century St Mary's Abbey. However, when the bridge fell into disrepair, it was replaced in 1755 by the new Essex Bridge. This too was replaced in 1873 and the name changed again to the Henry Grattan Bridge. Henry Grattan was an Irish politician who campaigned for legislative freedom for the Irish Parliament in the late 18th century. Another of those four bridges that were built in the 17th century was the Ormond Bridge. It was a wooden bridge which was swept away during a severe storm, but it was rebuilt in 1816 and was then called Richmond Bridge, after the fourth Duke of Richmond, Charles Lennox. It was again renamed O'Donovan Rossa Bridge in 1923 after Jeremiah O'Donovan Rossa, who had devoted his life to working for an independent Irish Republic. He had been imprisoned in England 
until he was sent into exile. He went to America, where he devoted himself to the cause of Irish national liberation from British rule. He died in America, and his body was sent back to Ireland in August 1915, where it was given a hero's welcome. Padraig Pierce, at the graveside, gave his famous oration, which was seen as a prelude to the 1916 uprising. The Arran Bridge, which was destroyed by floods in 1763, was replaced in 1764 by the Mellows Bridge. Now, it's the only one of those early four bridges to be still standing today. When it was first built, it was called Queen's Bridge after Queen Charlotte, the wife of George III. It was later called Queen Maeve Bridge. And lastly, in 1942, the name it has today, Mellows Bridge. It is the oldest bridge currently in use, and it was named after Liam Mellows, who was against the Anglo-Irish Treaty and who was executed in 1922. Another bridge which has an interesting story behind it is the Matt Talbot Bridge. Matt Talbot was born into a poor family in Dublin in 1856. He began working in a wine merchant's store at the age of 12, where unfortunately he began drinking heavily. He soon became so addicted to alcohol that he spent all of his money on drink. He even pawned his clothes and boots to get money for drink. He ran up debts on money he had borrowed to fulfill his craving. And once he even stole a fiddle from a street musician and sold it to buy drink. His debts quickly accumulated as he ran out of things to sell until one day when he was really down and out, he saw the light. He went to the Holy Cross College, where he took the pledge to give up drinking. At first, it was to be for three months, but he was able to stay away from drink for the 40 remaining years of his life. It was very hard at first, but he desperately needed to change his life. He continued working, but everything had changed. He began going to Mass every day and spent his free time in prayer. He repaid all his debts and even searched in vain for the fiddler whose fiddle he had stolen. Although he never managed to find him, he gave the money he had got from selling the fiddle to the church to have a mass said for him. He tried to model himself on the 6th century Irish monks with a life of prayer and fasting. Michael Hickey, a professor of philosophy in Conliffe College, encouraged him to read the scriptures, the lives of saints, and the Confessions of St. Augustine and the writings of Francis de Sales. He became a Third Order Franciscan in 1890. He gave generously to the poor and lived a very aesthetic life, sleeping on a wooden bed with a plank of wood for a pillow. He got up at five o'clock every day to go to Mass before going to work. He spent his evenings praying on his knees. On the 7th of June 1925, Matt Talbot collapsed on his way to Mass. He was 69 years of age. When he was taken to the hospital, they found he had chains on his body, not as a penance, but as a symbol of his devotion to Mary, Mother of God. The story of his life spread throughout the Irish diaspora 
all over the world. The Vatican began an official inquiry into his life. And on the 3rd of October, 1975, Pope Paul VI declared him to be Venerable Matt Talbot. Pope John Paul II had also heard of him and wrote a paper about him. Many addiction clinics are named after him and in Sydney in Australia there is a hostel for homeless men called the Matt Talbot Hostel. In Dublin there is a bridge called the Matt Talbot Bridge. The fact is there are two bridges in Dublin named after two men called Matthew. They are Theobald Matthew, whose surname was Matthew, and Matthew Talbot, whose Christian name was Matthew. And the interesting thing is, they're both remembered for devoting their lives to promoting the temperance movement in Ireland. The first iron bridge was built in 1816. It is the Hapenny Bridge, which links Bachelor's Walk to the popular Temple Bar, and it is still a favourite bridge for tourists. It's called the Hapney Bridge because until 1919, people had to pay a toll of a halfpenny to cross it by way of compensation to William Walsh. William Walsh was the man who used to ferry people across the river before the bridge was built. The Hapney Bridge is one of the three footbridges across the Liffey today. The other two being the Millennium Bridge and the Sean O'Casey Bridge, named after the playwright and Irish Citizen Army Volunteer. Of course, there are many other bridges for cars and buses, the largest being the West Link Bridge on the M50 motorway, the Sam Houston Bridge, which is named after the youngest person to be executed at the 1916 Easter Rising, and the O'Connell Bridge, named after the great emancipator Daniel O'Connell. The newest bridge is a suspension bridge, which was opened in 2009. It is named after the Nobel Prize winner of 1969, Samuel Beckett. The fact that the River Liffey divides the north side of Dublin from the south side explains the need for so many bridges. In fact, there are 24 bridges today. The River Liffey moves quietly through the centre of the city as a silent witness to Dublin's long and varied history until it reaches its mouth in the Irish Sea.